Today's message is on Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 to 18. And Paul is talking about many things in Philippians. But what he is covering here in chapter 3 is that the joy is what God gives to us, and the problem is always lying on us. So, in order to receive that joy, You need, to, you need to empty themselves. And Paul is um, giving some illustrations about his own spirituality. But not only it was um, spirituality of a Paul, but um, I believe many early church members, they also had these kind of spiritualities too. So the essence and the core is that, is that the Lord came us as Holy Spirit and And he's building this relationship between us, and that's the completion of spirituality, that's the glorification, that's predestination. Then how are we going to have this right relationship between this triumph God? And in in Gospel of John, the Lord says, I abide in you and you abide in me. And this relationship... is the glor- glory. This is a glory that, that began even from before the creation. So this should, be, this should be one of the pictures that we should have in our spirituality. And Paul is describing them here. And I think I've been wrestling. I've wrestled with this message, this, this text over 15 years, emptying myself, being transformed. So this is not simply a, a, a limited story of Paul, but the same thing is keeping repeated by Apostle John. So, <clears throat> of course, Paul used specific um, terminologies and expressions that he uses, but this is not a special story of Paul himself. Because all these disciples and, and people of God, they went through this process of emptying themselves. So, from verse 1 to 4, so until verse 4, ultimately, Paul is describing what kind of images would the people have um, who are opposing Paul because they are not emptying themselves. So, the people who oppose Paul, um, the core message they they try to um, imply is that Paul is not a true apostle. So they accused him that that they were not acknowledged by Jerusalem, that he has not witnessed the face of Jesus physically. So they were saying, is he truly a Jew? So Paul was saying, if being a Jew itself is a righteousness, then I am a Jew of a Jew. So Paul is describing those kind of things. So at the end of verse 1 of chapter 3, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord. And in, book, in all the books of 
New Testament, when we say in the Lord, what does it mean? It means that this is something that has happened after Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in me. So all our secret of our victory is to allow the Holy Spirit to indwell fully in me. So when He indwells in me fully, then, then it means that I'm living under the presence of the Triumph God. So maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit is the most important core message, the most important essence. So as long as you maintain the fullness, then you can draw the presence whenever you want, as much as you want. So whenever I went to China, I sensed the presence so much, so, so people disappeared from the Great Wall of China and in the India, wherever I go. As long as I maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, God poured me His presence. And presence can be shown in many ways. Um, the revealed power and people, they are all presence. But the presence does not, uh, is not determined by the presence itself, but it's about how much are you being emptied and how much do you maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So, so maintaining the Holy Spirit for a long time should be the evidence of your growth, the image of your growth. Maintaining for an hour, two hours, for 24 hours. As you maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you will know what would happen in your life. So who is Jesus Christ? In the perspective of the Holy Spirit, just like Isaiah 42, as He came on this earth as a man, He was not separated from the Holy Spirit. What does it mean that He was a man who had to rely on the Holy Spirit? And in terms of the relationship between the Triumph God, He was one of the Triumph God, so He was not separated from Him. So in that context, how did He live on this earth as a man? He maintained the fullness of the Holy Spirit 24-7. So how tremendous is this? Maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit 24-7. He was able to show all His miracles and works. So this is the core of the Bible. So spiritual life is simple. Maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This is not a, a methodology. But what is, what is the Bible talking about? The motives of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the process of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's what Bible teaches. So our pastors, you need to always learn how to live, live by the Holy Spirit. Then you will, then you will experience lots of your bindings being solved. But those who have the spirit of religion, they cannot be filled with the spirit because they will be hardened. And spirit of religion, they disguise themselves as 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 Holy Spirit. And I'm the one who has, who who studied theology later after I I received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and at first in my faith life, if the Spirit did not lead me, I I was unable to do anything. And as you have witnessed sometimes in Zoe ministry, there were some times that I did not preach. The reason why is because the uh, Holy Spirit did not lead me to preach. And once, one time, I, I went up in the podium to speak a prayer 
a representative prayer for the for the congregation. Um, I stood, I stood silent. I stood silent before the congregation for about five minutes in front of like 250 members of the church. So I was standing about five minutes up there, crying, and then my tongue prayer bursted out. <laughs> so I prayed in tongues. So look, what's strange is rather being able to preach, being able to pray, being able to work your job as a pastor without the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's the spirit religion. That's not what the Holy Spirit makes you do. But what's the dilemma of the pastors? You guys need to, us pastors need to preach even though if, even if you don't want to preach, right? When you are not spiritually filled, you should be able to express that, but, but pastors should not, should not do that, right? So you have to disguise yourself as a holy one. Have you ever had a fight with your, with your wife? No, never. You should at least have a practice. And when you, and, and when you get mad and when you see a deacon, you should be able to express your anger to the deacon at least. Uh, that's how you, you get rid of your spirit religion. But pastors, it is nearly impossible for you to do like that, right? You have to hide your true images in you, right? That's the core of spirit religion. And that's what hindered you from being filled with the Holy Spirit. And as you guys, as you work and act with those kind of images, you need to know that your sarks is being empowered by those things. But, and, and all you have to do is to empty yourself and to repent. But many pastors, they think those kind of um, hypocrisy is a natural um, phenomenon. You might think that, oh, why would I have to express my um, uncomfortable feeling to a person? She's not directly related to that feeling. So, so you say this term poker face, right? That's a bad thing. So that's a bad thing. Keep hiding yourself. That's spirit of religion. Then, the more you hide yourself, and especially in um, doctrine of human anthropology, your emotion is getting bound. So those kind of people, when they, they embody spirit of religion within them, they cannot rejoice when they need to rejoice. They cannot uh, be angry when they need to be angry. So what happens when your emotion is being bound, your authority will be bound. For example, if someone beat you, if someone hit you, what would be your honest reaction? Being mad at that person and being angry to that person. I mean, not to a man, to, a, to, the, to the devils. So when the devil attacks you, you should be able to react to that devil and say, hey, flee away, get away. But those people who are bound in their emotions, they cannot show this kind of reaction because their authority is bound. So you need to know how serious the damage of the spirit of religion gives. So that's the evidence that you have not meditated with the Holy Spirit about these kind of areas. 
just as the functions, uh, just as the triumph God moves together, the three functions of, of the spirit moves together too. So when your emotion is bound, your will will be bound and your intelligence will be also bound. So you will no longer desire for the Lord. So the first thing that is being bound is the emotion. So you need to know that spirit of religion, how much of a damage this spirit of religion brings to you. And as I always say, if you are being hardened, if you are being stiff, if you are not growing, you, uh, aside of anything else, you, that's a, a great evidence that you are being attacked by spirit religion. And our pastors must believe that every attack comes from spirit religion. If your uh, children are being attacked, it's spirit religion. If your church is being um, going through a poverty, spirit religion. So you need to all go from spirit religion. So you need to understand that all the channel comes through spirit religion. So our battle, whether we want it or not, our battle. We are encountering, we are encountering antichrist and spirit of religion um, always, right? So, so Israelites, whenever, whenever a different nation attacks Israelites, they attack the original place where the attack came from. So where where does the spiritual attack comes from? They from Antichrist, right? And you have to oppose oppose the devils. In First Peter, Peter does not say uh, oppose one devil. No, he says oppose the evil spirit, which is which is the Lucifer. You have to face that. You have to face the Antichrist in F, uh, in Book of Ephesians. The one, the, the one church should face is the Arche, which is which is Lucifer. So the authority that the church has is is destroying and binding the Lucifer. Why did Jesus give this authority to the church? If we do not do that, no matter how much fight we fight with other different spirits, we cannot be victorious. So even even when we fight against diverse spirits. Why are they diverse spirits? Because they are many in numbers. And because they have so many different characteristics. So the reason why you get oppressed by them is because they are so many that you are being exhausted. So when you fight with the diverse spirits, you should not fight them directly, but you should fight against this Antichrist who is controlling the diverse spirits so that you would not be exhausted. But when you are not fighting these superior-leveled evil spirits, but, but you are only fighting against these, these um, low-level enemies who are controlled by these, these antichrist, then you will get tired. And Jezebel does not have any spiritual level, but who has the authority to control over her? The Lucifer and antichrist, and also the regional powers, regional principalities. So you need to fight, fight against the one who sent Jezebel, not the Jezebel herself. Of course, you can destroy her at the moment and you can get free from her for a moment, but ultimately you should strike the head. So look, in Yolbang Church, what does the enemy do? What do you think the enemies do in order to kill me? 
So when they hit our church members, uh, what's their ultimate purpose hitting our, our church members? They are attacking our church members in order to kill me. So all the spiritual manifestations happens in order to kill the senior pastors. So why? Why is this happening? Because church is a life. Church is under the relationship of a life. So when all the church members are being connected as a life, they are connected with me. So, so the one who is controlling over all of this is Antichrist and Lucifer. So no matter what kind of spiritual manifestation takes place, you need to know that the source of that attack comes from Antichrist and spirit religion. And of course, you might need to fight against diverse spirits, immorality from time to time, but ultimately you need to fight against those, those spirits, Lucifer, Antichrist, and spirit religion. But look, why is this not uh, being able? Why is this, uh, it seems like it is impossible? Because you have been bound by the spirit of religion that you cannot go up above the surface. So you are just bound to your individual spirits. You cannot see the Lucifer, the regional principalities. So you have to break through. Because you are bound to your own family, you cannot break through. You need, uh, in fact, it's, it's the, the superior level of the spirits who are just controlling those families. Your family, your people. So Christians, at all costs, you should be able to encounter Antichrist. But only thing that you have to do is to use the authority that has been given to the church. The reason why you are unable to do that is because you are unable to believe that this authority has been given to the church. So, so every day when I wake up in the morning, I always attack the Antichrist first. I always engage into spiritual battle with him. And then I destroy all this spiritual relationship that they that that Antichrist is putting under him. Then all the all the uh, low level spirits they are they are not my match. They are no match to me. Because church has that kind of superior level. And because God acknowledges that spiritual status for us. Because church has the authority over all creation. So, so the more you are being attacked by the religion and you are being bound, you cannot see the higher level of the, the principalities. And you are only being bound to the spirit that's right before you. So you have to believe. You have to believe that church, church has the authority to destroy Lucifer, Antichrist, spirit of religion, and Jezebel. And as you keep unraveling your bindings, your limitation, then you will, you will discern Antichrist. The reason why do I say that uh, Antichrist is stealthy and it's in a stealth mode is because it's staying in, in, in a high place. But as soon as you uh, are being unraveled, you will see this. But what is our hope? It is that we are living in a season that God's desire is to make us uh, to be unraveled like that. So, do you feel light now? Are you are you feeling light? But being being tired and being sleepy has no no relationship with being bound. 
it's about your flesh. <laughs> but you, you feel very light, right? You feel very light. You feel very excited. Just as my wife said, the ones who love, love God the most are the pastors. Well, that, that might not be the case always. <laughs> pastors are the ones who used to love, the, love God the most. <laughs> Freaking good. Freaking good. <laughs> Anyways. Alrighty. So, 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 Paul used the term in the Lord. So everything is dissolved in the Lord. And when you think the thing, when you hear the term in the Lord, you need to always think of the indwelling of the Lord and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So the fullness of the Holy Spirit is the most important thing. As, as long as you maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, nothing else matters to you. It's all okay. So fullness of the Holy Spirit is the master key. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we, it means that you are always in the presence of the Lord. The presence will always follow you. So rejoice in the Lord. So rejoicing itself, joy is the presence of the Lord because you are remaining in the Lord. So what's the joy outside of the Lord that's not the joy that's not the presence from the Lord it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again why? because it's such an important message so that he's not sick of talking about it over and over again I don't know whether I said it this morning or yesterday oh yesterday one of um, not being able to rejoice is, is a symptom of me being polluted by by um, um, religion. So diabetes patients, they they need to um, doubt whether they are having diabetes or not through through those symptoms. So if you are not being able to rejoice, you need to think and examine yourself whether you are you are under God's presence or not, or whether you are filled with the Holy Spirit or not. So being being unable to rejoice it means that you are in the status of despair. And many people misunderstand that oh I'm just not being able to rejoice. It does not mean that I am despairing. No. So, so the status where you are not believing it means that you are you lack faith so there is no gray zone there is no gray zone in faith so if you are being unable to rejoice it means that you are in the status of despair and when you are trying to minister in status of despair you will you will surely I'll, I'll guarantee you that you will face the backfire from the enemy you might get get disease you might get spiritually bound many backfires will come after you so never try to do anything without joy and among our pastors um, there are many of you who pray even though you you lost joy but those kind of prayers will not be, be accepted by God. 
So, so joy is one of the standards that you should, one of the, the um, evidences that you should, you should have in order to examine yourself. So do not put your effort and do not be passionate on the method itself. Then you will get backfired. So when you go on a war in that kind of status, more than anyone else, your enemy will know that because they are sneaky, because they are they are sly. They come next to you and then they will contaminate you little by little without be, uh, allowing you to notice it. So you don't know how important it is to rejoice always. So when joy comes, it means that you nearly have no problem in your spirit. As long as you have joy, your power and authority will come automatically. And Psalm says that through the mouth of the person who is joyful, the, a double-edged sword will come out. So Paul is imprisoned in a dungeon. But he is still being joyful. He's not just raising his own will to be joyful, but because he's remaining in the Lord, that he cannot help himself but to be joyful. So he's saying, um, watch out for those dogs. So here, dogs are, dogs are talking about those opposers and those evildoers. And evildoers means that those people who are wor working by religion and, and legalist, legalism. So religion will always create evils, the wickedness. That's why Paul is calling them evildoers. So religion. Of course, religion itself is not a legalism, but religion always makes partner with legalism and works together. So, for example, if you are praying without the inspiration of God, it means that you are being moved by the religion. And habitually, um, praying without God's inspiration will be habitualized in you and will be embodied in you. So, so they are wor uh, working hand by hand. So always the religion works with legalism. So the Pharisees, if necessary, they used to kill the people. And um, those mutilators, uh, mutilators of the flesh, it means that it does not necessarily mean uh, the people who are circumcising, but this was referring to those people who accepted these these um, ceremonies of, of pagans of of cutting themselves and and being cutting themselves. I cannot explain even better. But anyways. But Paul is warning them about them. And verse 3, For it is we who, are, who serve God by His Spirit. We serve God by His Spirit. What does 1 Peter 4 says? Those who want to work must work through the power that God provides. So if you are trying to do something through your own strength, that will embody, embody the religion in you and it will draw the legalism. 
So enemy can work uh, work either way. So you should not um, you should avoid avoid using your own strength. But this this must be trained by the Holy Spirit from the first stage of your faith life. But because you rejected him or 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 maybe you you denied the request of this training from the Holy Spirit that you are living by your own strength and you are not being able to distinguish the Holy Spirit. But when I met the Lord, when I met the Holy Spirit 35 years ago, He trained me to move according to all His commandments. When He led me to the mountain, I went to the mountain. When He, pray, when he told me to pray in certain hour, I prayed for certain hour. He made me un, un, unable to live according to my own strength. And because, because I was a person who was so deeply in the world for 29 years, that's why He treated me so harshly like that. But, but those who were reborn in Christ, they probably would have gone through this kind of process. But what's the easiest thing in, in this life? To live by God. But why do we consider that as a difficult thing? Because we have our own fleshly strength. So, so inevitably, Holy Spirit will always uh, allow, uh, make us to go through certain process to live through the uh, strength of the Holy Spirit. So, like the sermons, like Eye of Typhoon, Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, those are are the sermons that describes my my process of emptying myself. It's not because that's the easy message that we should listen to them first, but because that's where we should begin. So even now, nearly every day, I pray about those kind of things and Ephesians, and then you know Philippians three. So this kind of message, I keep making my uh, my prayer pattern, and God made my prayer pattern like that. So, Holy Spirit should have required you to be trained to live live through the inspiration of God. And as soon as you enter into Zoe ministry, you've been hearing about Eye of Typhoon because emptying your own strength is one of the um, evidence that you can examine yourself whether you are standing in the right way to the kingdom of God or not. Mm. So examining how much you are emptying yourself is key to know how much you are being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I, I told you about this cup. Let's say I fill this cup, um, half of this cup with, with pebbles and stones. Then, no matter how much water you pour in, this cup cannot be filled with water. So if you do not empty yourself, you will never be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why in Beatitudes, though, um, those who are hunger and thirst for the righteousness are blessed they will be, be fed they will be full in Romans Paul said it's the uh, full amount and anyways so until until this full amount God wants to fill us so serve serve God by His Spirit 
So these are our services in the church and um, also who boast in Christ. So whatever I do, this is not my work. This is the Holy Spirit who works in me that if you live by the Holy Spirit, you will naturally boast about Christ Jesus. And I, talked, I told you about this story. Many years ago, a church member came to me and said, Oh, Pastor, how, how were you able to drive a nice car like this? And I, I need to say every single time that it's all by the grace of God. If I say, oh, it's because I'm good at pastor ministry, then, then that's over. After my preaching, many people come at me and say, Oh, Pastor, oh, you preach so well. How can you preach so well like that? And if I say, hey, you need to strive, you need to put all your effort, then it's all gone. You need, all that you can say is, it's all by grace of God. It's all by grace of God. So living by Holy Spirit and boasting Jesus Christ, they all come in hand in hand. Um, who put no confidence in the flesh. Those who are living by the Holy Spirit, they have no confidence in their, in their flesh. So, by, um, oppositely, if you are not living by the Holy Spirit, you, you do not boast Jesus Christ. Instead, you boast your own flesh. So, the more you live with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will train you uh, to avoid boasting about your own flesh. For example, during my training, during my training, you know, usually, usually in your in your life, people usually um, easily live according to their own wants. For example, for example, around two to three uh, two, two to three p.m., I go out to exercise. But if I go out to exercise without listening to the uh, voice of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit will will stop me. But now it became easy for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But back then, I was in the midst of my training, so Holy Spirit paused me in order to create a pattern in me. So if you are not um, living by the Holy Spirit, if you are not being filled by the Holy Spirit, there are ways of life that you choose naturally and there are things that you choose habitually, right? So when you are being trained by the Lord, Holy Spirit, um, when I was being trained, Holy Spirit never acknowledged those kind of habits. And of course, you don't have to be necessarily be trained like me. But, but, but from the moment that you were reborn, Holy Spirit probably have made you to go through those kind of process. So you should be able to give up on your own action that comes from your unconsciousness, that comes from your habit. And I always <coughs> tells our pastor. I always tell our pastors that uh, working through your own thoughts is a dangerous sign. And these days we use cell phones a lot, right? So we have a lot of information within our brain. So unless you get rid of all those informations, your spirit will become burdensome and heavy. Because, because in your brain, in your brain, for example, let's say you can contain a million types of information. 
And for example, if the information has been filled about 700,000, then the, the amount of the uh, amount that you can receive from the Spirit will be only about 300,000. So it's all about emptying yourself. Once the completion of the new covenant is, is completely filling your mindset with Holy Spirit, the precious blood, and the truth. So, so as you continuously fight between the new self and the old self, you need to go through this kind of process. But the world is keep trying to input those informations in your mindset in order for you to receive those contaminated things. And that's the uh, enemy's strategy. Because your mindset is in a neutral, is, is in a neutral, uh, is neutral state. So if if God chooses, uh, if God grabs hold onto your mind, then it will be ruled by God. And if the enemy chooses that, then it will be ruled by the enemy. So within one day, within your daily life, look how easy you choose the information by yourself. I mean, look how how amazingly this AI is being developed. Now you don't have to study the languages, right? We don't need Sergio anymore because I, I will be able to speak Spanish from now on with this, this AI. But no matter how the cell phone is, is great, it will never um, make this power and authority and anointing that flows from the sermon. It will never allow to flow that kind of things. So all these structure in the world, they all exist in order to kill our 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 kill us. So I always say, spiritual world is not digital. It's all about analog. So the more you insist your life as as a analog, the more your spirit will live. Do you know how much this cell phone is killing the process of receiving the inspiration from the Lord? In 2 Corinthians, as I, when, when I preached 2 Corinthians, Paul sent Titus to Corinthian church and, and he was waiting for Titus. And when he had, when Paul, if Paul had cell phone back then, then Corinthian church would not have become like that. And because Paul did not have cell phone, he had to wait for the inspiration of God so that he was able to revive Titus, revive Corinthian churches. So if he had if he had cell phone, he would receive a phone call and say, Oh, oh is that what they, they have done? Wait for me, I will go there. So look look how much of a great enemy our cell phone is. Look how much it is killing the inspiration. Look how much people are being unable to move through the inspiration of God because of the cell phone. So this is our ultimate enemy. I don't know how, what we should do with this. I don't I don't think that we can get rid of them completely, but it's all about your personal personal spirituality. How much can you live without relying on the cell phone? So so try um Try to um, avoid cell phone uh, as long as possible during your day. And I changed, I changed my cell phone to a new model in in November last year. 
I change it to a folder phone, but in a day, <laughs> I never feel the necessity of opening the folder. So, Yungi, please buy, buy my phone and give me a new phone. But anyways, I changed this new phone. But what's good about this new cell phone is that on Sunday, it will give me the statistic uh, analysis of how much of how much hours I have spent on my cell phone during the week. It will, it will give me the total amount of time that I spent on the cell phone for, the, for that specific week. So you guys also have that kind of function too, right? But anyways, um, usually on an average, on an average, I spend about two hours a day on the cell phone. So if I spend about two hours a day, most people regularly, people probably use cell phone about 10 hours a day because they have to text, they have to look on the news, and they have to listen to the sermons. But I use cell phones about two hours a day. And there are many of you who pray less than two hours a day, right? So it means that many people, they never let go of his or her cell phone from their, their, their hands. And when I, when I go to exercise, when I go to the gym, the people who, who, <laughs> who makes me angry is that those, those people who use cell phone between the terms that they exercise. So you need to know, you need to be aware. Our pastors be, must be aware that cell phone is a great channel that enemies use to kill us. You need to be separated from the cell phone so that, to, so that you would be, be alive, you would live. Verse 4, Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, so flesh... Flesh is a power that Paul is describing. Um, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Because and, uh, many opposers are accusing him from not being a true apostle, not being a Jew. So he's, he's now beginning to boast about himself. So from verse 5, as we know, he's saying the things that we know. In verse 6, he says, As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. So he was taught in the greatest scholar of, of that era. So what Paul is saying, he's actually questioning them. Is this, can this truly be our boast? So when we live by the flesh, when we live by the sarks, when we live by the sarks, these fleshly things will become the standard of boast for us. But living by your own strength can never become an element of boast in spiritual world. But this, when you live by your flesh, this will become your own righteousness. So for example, we have five scholars in our church, right? Five doctors. And if they say, I have... Oh, I have um, PhD degrees. Can that can that be a boast? No, that's a boast of your flesh. That can be 
That can be the most shameful thing in the spiritual world. Why? Because, <laughs> because that's the process of killing your own, own truth. Process of killing the truth. <laughs> oh, you're the ones who studied the process of, of killing the spirit. So when you boast the things of your flesh, this is a complete um, adversary of your spirit. So never. If you have a lot of money, can that be a boast? No. God may Maybe God may have given you the money for your necessity, but, but having a lot of money itself can never be your boast. So all the abundance and richness, your power on your flesh, they will be just self-revealing boast. So, so the, the fame and honor, being a Pharisee, what Paul is saying that that can never become a benefit for me. So do not misunderstand um, that they can be our benefit. So, so what Paul is saying through all these verses is that whether they seem good or bad, if they are all motivated from the flesh, if they all begin from the flesh, then it means that you have to get rid of all of them and you need to be emptied. So in that context, as Paul was emptying himself, as Paul was reaching, reaching his completion of his spirituality, and as we will see tomorrow, whether he is in, in poverty, whether he is in need, whether he is in hunger, he, he learned how to be content. So, so considering my physical conditions and situations, no, Paul, Paul emptied himself completely, so he gave up on, on considering himself so that he, he was able to confess that. That's the, that's the um, peak of his spirituality. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul said that though I seem um, nameless, I am the most popular in the kingdom of God. As he was keep emptying himself in his flesh, he was lifted high in his uh, spirit. In 2 Corinthians, it's the same. No matter how much the enemy surround him, if, if, as long as the Lord is with him, he can always guarantee the victory. So, so that's what, uh, that's the result of his emptying himself in this Philippians. As I said in Malachi, in order to gain the pure silver, that silver ore has to, uh, to lose 95% of its mass. So how much do you have to lose? Uh, how much do you have to be emptied? You need to lose 95%. If you get rid of 95% of yourself, the only thing that will be left for you is your, your one arm. But when you live by the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit probably would have led you uh, to live like that. And if you live by the Holy Spirit, He will teach you how to empty yourself like that. And all this process of Philippians chapter 3 is not, was not done by Paul's own effort. But when you live by this triumph God, the triumph God will continue to uh, allow you to go through this process of emptying yourself. So, so Paul's confess in Philippians chapter 3 is not just Paul considering his fleshly uh, attributes as, as um, 
as dirty things, but but it's God making him to um, recognize them as those those uh, meaningless things. So, Holy Spirit, I believe that Holy Spirit has been leading us to live like that. And He made us to go through, go through this kind of process. So one thing that we surely need to repent is that we were unable to live by the Holy Spirit until now. That we were um, helpless but to rely on our flesh. So within our relationship between God, we are always in the relationship of life. So whatever He gives, we need to receive His life. But instead, when you become a person who rely on your on your flesh, then then you will always pray like, Lord, I have one. Uh, lend me two. No. You will say, Lord, I preach well, so just add me a little bit more of, of wisdom so that I would be better. No. You will never um, acknowledge that you cannot do anything at all. You need to, from the beginning, that you cannot do anything. And, and that's how the sermon should be. From the beginning, you should acknowledge to the Lord, you should admit to the Lord that you cannot do anything, then, and you can only rely on to the Lord. And as I said to you, as I decide, when I decide uh, on which book I would preach, then I would I would be reading that text for 60 times. Now, I, I don't use, usually do like that, but in the beginning of my spirituality, I did not look on the commentary, I did not look on, I did not search the books, I just read the text for 60 times. And in the process of reading the text for 60 times, God opened me the revelation and inspirations. Then, then it will take, it will not take me that long writing down the sermon. And while I'm writing down the sermon, um, God plays on a rehearsal within my head that I will play, I will uh, tell a joke on this part. So whenever I say the exact same testimony, our church members laugh exactly the same every single time because every time they listen through the revelation. So listen carefully. When you live by the Holy Spirit, then... Holy Spirit will make you to go through this process, not living through the reliance of your flesh. So one thing that we need to repent tonight is that, oh, I lived not relying on the Holy Spirit. I lived relying on my own flesh. I mean, what's the reason why out of all things would have Holy Spirit indwelled in us? I mean, in perspective of the Holy Spirit, it's such a uh, difficult thing for Him, right? Indwelling in a creation. I mean, on behalf of Him, he, he had to give up on His fame, honor, and everything in order to indwell in me. But why did He do that? Because He wanted to tell us that now you, only, you can only live relying on me. Because He called us as a divine being and in order to tell us and show us the, the direct evidence, He came, came in us. But rejecting that and keep relying on your flesh, I cannot describe that, how foolish that is.
Okay, let's continue. So, so from verse 7 appears something important. From verse 7, Paul is describing the strength relying on himself, fame, honor, his own praises. Whether it is appearing in a good, good image or bad image, what he's saying that the, if the motivation comes from the flesh, you need to empty it completely. So whatever that is, whatever that is, if it comes from the flesh, they are all the things that you need to empty. There's nothing you, you need to store in you. And even just thinking about, just thinking that you have a good-looking face, you need to get rid of that too. There's nothing worthy to keep in your heart. So, so Pastor Kim Myung I mean, you are already halfway done to your spirituality, to your success, to your spirituality. But for people, for people like me, oh man, it's not easy to empty myself. <laughs> it's a great praise. I mean. Alright, anyways, let's continue. So, so, Paul is describing this process from verse 7. But whatever war gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He is considering them like, like dumb. So, what he's saying, the gain appears here is fleshly gains. So, fleshly gains are nothing more than a feces. So think about these fleshly um, gains of, of Paul becoming a Greek scholar back then. He learned all these areas of agriculture, philosophy, um, these, these, these languages, uh, linguistics. <laughs> and the only only strength for Paul to be have a great spirituality is that he was bald he was bald and he was a not he was ugly <laughs> so there was a reason why he was a single so Paul but besides for his appearance all his uh, physical attributes were perfect and he was a citizen of a Rome and he was rich but the only weakness that he had on his flesh was this ugliness. That's why he had a good spirituality. <laughs> so, if you think that you're... Yeah. <laughs> so if you think that you are a handsome man, then it's, it's dangerous. But anyways, so what is he proclaiming here? Oh no, never mind. What do you have to remember here? Your motivation of the flesh, the information that you have on your flesh, your confidence in your flesh, your strength in your flesh. All those things, when you live by the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit probably will would have um, revealed them. And Paul saying that he is considering considering them as laws. It's not his own will, but he, what he's saying that in order to serve the Lord, he, he is willing to give them up. 
That's why he, he was trained in the Arabia desert for 17 years. And because he was emptied completely, he was able to enter into this complete freedom. And does that mean that we have to also be emptied in the Arabia desert for 17 years? Not necessarily. But because Paul was soaked into this uh, legalism under Gamaliel for, for many years, that's why he needed to go through this process of emptying himself. And Paul was a Paul was a passionate man under Judaism, but I believe that he probably have witnessed Jesus dying on the cross. So even though he was persecuting the Jews, he probably had these kind of controversies and conflict within his his conscience. He, he probably went through this process of thinking, oh, why are these these Christians? Why are they putting their life on these these this young man called Jesus so that so that he was able to empty himself in the training in the desert and from the beginning of his his journey evangel, evangelist um, evangelical journey at first um, at first he abandoned Mark, but in his spirituality, the influence of Mark was great, right? So, so Paul went through this process, um, plucking out his remaining influence of his flesh. So in, in about in about AD 55, it was time for Paul to go through such a great conflict within him, but in AD 60, 62, Paul was able to um, confess that I can do anything through him who strengthens me. So I also went through 13 years of training with, with the Holy Spirit. So if you live by the Holy Spirit, He will make you to go through this process of emptying everything that you gain through your flesh. And there are some of you who are who have the instinct of, of showing goodness to the others. God will even, even reveal those kind of things. And there are people who, who disguise, disguise the humility before people. And this is kind of difficult to, to be dis recognized as, as evil, right? But Holy Spirit will reveal all of them. Your own righteousness, own goodness. So all these characters and way of life, the way you speak, you need to empty them completely. And Holy Spirit will do it for you. So, so when Holy Spirit begins, uh, begins to reveal those 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 your own goodness as evil in you, then then you will begin to see this motivation of your desires, desires of security, desire of pleasure, desire of fame and honor, desire of a possession. Desire of achievement, desire of control, and those kind you will begin to see those kind of desires. Then, then that's the evidence that your spirituality is entering into the completion level. So, 
So by now, you should be able to see those desires are, are, are great, heads of the serpents, serpent. They are all motivations of flesh. Not only the bad things, but also your own goodness. What, what comes from your fleshly motivations, you need to empty them completely. And when, they, when you pluck them out completely, you will begin to live by the Holy Spirit. This is not difficult. Why? Because Holy Spirit will do this for you. All we need to do is to welcome the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Please come. I welcome you. As long as you do this, then He will begin all the work in you. Do not listen to this uh, through legalism and religion. What I'm telling you are the works of the Holy Spirit. I'm not telling you that you need to do all this by yourself. No. We are not writing these discernments. We are not writing the research papers. No. So Paul is considering them as lost. Verse 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. So because Holy Spirit came to indwell in me, He will let me know about, about knowing the Christ is, is the most worthy thing. And when you meet the Lord, which is the gospel, you will know what, what the gospel is doing within you. He will make you to experience this. Oh, He, he carried all the burden of sin for me, and He has died on the cross for me, and He gave me the crown of, of worthiness, and now I became a new creation, I became a new covenant being, And every time I wake up in the morning, this, this work of gospel keeps uh, circulating the, the precious blood, Holy Spirit. And this is my life. Um, this is worth of knowing Christ Jesus. So the reason why God gives you the joy of knowing salvation, there are many reasons, but one of the core is that that gospel should be meditated as life in you. Gospel is life. And that life must circulate in you, but, but because you stopped it, that's, that's, what, that's what 1 John is saying. The water, blood, and Holy Spirit is one. That must circulate in you every day. And there are many pastors among here whose heart is not functioning well. But in order to have a good heart, um, you should have a good blood circulation. But if you are having some kind of um, some kind of um, stuck in your blood vessels, your heart cannot be healthy. It's the same. You need to circulate these spiritual things. But if you are keeping um, attacked by the enemies, if you are not being victorious in your spiritual battles, you need to examine and dis uh, recognize that you have something wrong in the relationship with the Holy Spirit, but you are not being able to do that because you are not meditating enough every morning whether, whether they are circulating in you. So, so you need to meditate on this life of gospel every day. The result of grace that He paid on the cross uh, must be meditated in you. 
by the Holy Spirit. So that's why you will never lose the joy of salvation in you. So that's the worth of knowing Christ Jesus. So this is the knowing here is not just the information, but this is an um, experience. So it means that experience of meeting Jesus Christ will always be, be revived in you. And as this life circulates in you, whatever that that is being motivated by the flesh will never be considered will never be considered as gaining you. So you cannot help yourself but to throw them away. All your knowledge, your money, whatever that is. So just as 2 Corinthians 4.10 says, carrying the death of Jesus on my body, it means that you have died on cross with Jesus. So you, that's why you can empty yourself. This is not just a theory. This is a confession of Paul of his spirituality. So, so that's why uh, I consider them garbage. And I have lost all things and I consider them garbage. What does it mean that I have lost all things? It means that because the life of Jesus Christ is running in me, and when your blood is circulating well, it exchanges the oxygen and um, carbon dioxide so that it will make you to have a right blood circulation. Just like that. What is garbage? These are the things that you have to uh, use your will to throw them away. Money, um, knowledge, and fame, whatever that is. They can never be a benefit or, or a gain to knowing of Jesus Christ. But the, the world will, will consider those garbages as worthy things. So I always say that those kind of people, you should go to Paul's restroom. And when you get married, these young adults would come to me and say, Oh, Lord, uh, Pastor, all I, all I seek is a faithful person. But when I bring a, when I bring a guy to, to a girl, she will say, but, but Pastor, he must be at least six feet tall. He must have a lot of money. No, then I would say, no, that's a no-no. If you said that all you seek is faith, then you should only seek faith. But faith is the minimal uh, requirement. So that's our reality. When we see something, when we look at something, when we look at something, we naturally seek something else more than the Lord Himself. Why? Because we trust our flesh. Because we seek the flesh, even though we say only Jesus, we, what we are actually saying is that Jesus too. So this is different. This is automatic. The more you, uh, the more strength you have that is relying on the flesh, the more it will draw other things to you. But when you live by the Holy Spirit, He will show you these kind of things. <laughs> this is something that I always boast. When I got married, the only thing I saw was, was her knees, was my wife's knees. When I saw her knees, I said, oh, that's the knee I, I looked for. And then later I found, later I found out that she was a beautiful woman.
Okay, let's continue. So, so then, so then, when this life is being circulated in you, you will lose the things that you need to lose and you will consider them as garbage what you need to consider them as garbage. But what's important for us is that that I may gain Christ. So Paul, after he met, after he had received the Holy Spirit, he already gained him in, in him. But, but as he continues to empty himself, he keeps examining whether Jesus is indwelling in him or not. So, so the, what's the reason why you cannot feel and sense the Holy Spirit and Jesus in you? It's because you have so many other things in you. So that's why you need to empty, empty them. You need to continue. You need to always make sure that the Holy Spirit and Jesus is indwelling in you and say, Oh, He is in rule. He is controlling me. It's not just gaining Him every single day in a new way, but, but it is Him being expanded in me. And at the same time, what is happening, that I may be found in Him. Which means that I am being acknowledged once again within His presence. I abide in you and you abide in me. This glorious relationship is being, being deepened and deepened. So that's how the fullness of the Holy Spirit will become easier. And look, the more you feel, the more you feel something in this cup, the easier the easier the water will dry from this cup. But the more you empty this cup, the harder the water will be, be dried out. So it's the same. The more you fill something inside of you, the harder it will become for you to uh, maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's why you need to fully empty yourself. That's, that is His will. Right? To make you holy and blameless. That's His decision. And that's how He will build you. That's how He will make you to be found in Him. I abide in you and you abide in me. This kind of relationship should be keep renewed. So at a certain point of time, where you are maintaining the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the right way, you will know, oh, this is the relationship between the Father. This is the relationship between the Son. This is the relationship between the Holy Spirit. You will distinguish them clearly. But it does not matter uh, with whom you are having a relationship. And they will listen well, right? Let's say if my daughter says, Oh, Daddy, please, please boil me a cooked noodle. But this is something that you should require to your mother, right? But even if she if she asks me that, I will uh, I <laughs> I will go to my wife and tell her to cook her. But just like that, just like that, God will I mean God will uh, interpret that in a, in a right way. But the problem lies on me. If I continue to pray in a limited way, like always praying to the Father, then I will not be able to understand these uh, distinct characteristics of Triumph God. Because, because the Son God is a merciful God. So, so uh, forgiveness of sin um, is a distinct characteristic that comes between the relationship of the Son. But the Holy Spirit, He is a sensitive person, and His personality is like a baby. Whenever I commit sin, He will take a step back right away. So if I cannot repent, if I cannot repent, 
it means that you are meeting the whole uh, meeting the Son without without going through the Holy Spirit. So if you don't understand the dynamics of Triumph God, uh, this is a problem that happens to me. So it's all about maturity of our spirituality, understanding what kind of characteristics would Triumph God have. So in this kind of situation, you need to uh, meet the Son through the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit makes me repent, makes me to repent, then the Son will pour His blood to me and He will, he will cleanse me and forgive me. So, so Triumph God will meet you in this, uh, all distinctive ways. So we can ask love from, from Jesus, right? But, but basically, um, love is being given by, by the Father. So that's why in Gospel of John, um, John is saying, uh, remain in the love, or, or Jesus, I don't know who said it, but anyways, this must be faced in a right relationship. Um, then the love will be poured from the Father. Then you will know how great that love is. And the Holy Spirit will confirm that love, and, and Jesus will, will solve that issue of love, and then, then finally the Father will pour the love. But without, without going through that, that process, you will not understand the love of God in a full amount. After you empty yourself completely, just like Romans 5.8, the, the process, God pouring the love like a waterfall will be done, but because you cannot empty yourself, you have certain amount of uh, wickedness in you that you cannot accept His love. That's why um, the the dynamics of Triumph God is important. But as you grow mature, um, these characteristics of Triumph God will be more uh, distinct. And as you so that's why as you live by the Holy Spirit, you will be emptied and you will you will know how amazingly this dynamic uh, triumph God will move in you. So that's why in the early churches, they understood how triumph God moved. That's why they used these specific prepositions in the Bible in order to um, distinguish them. So look how, how amazing this relationship has given to us. And when we just say the Trinity, then it's too vague. It's like a vapor. But that's how, that's how much we were corrupted through, through the great prostitute for the last 2,000 years. And that has been dissolved into this theology for the last 2,000 years. That's why these churches have lost the relationship with triumph God so so you have to maintain the, the relationship with the Holy Spirit and you need to have a deep relationship with this triumph God that's why I don't use the term Trinity not because the, the term itself has a problem but the result it brings is not that distinct it's, it's just too vague it's too blurry so what's the what's the result that it, that, that the word gives me so so this is what happens as we empty ourselves meeting with triumph God this is an amazing grace so look, verse 9 and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law 
So the righteousness that Paul is speaking here is ultimately the law that he's talking about in the book of Romans. But what does it mean? It means that we, have, we now have the requirements or we have the, the uh, right to meet God. So, so as you keep emptying yourself, the first thing that Holy Spirit confirms in you is the personification of the righteousness. or the embodiment of the righteousness. So with this righteousness, you can go before Him at all time. So being able to fully be living in Him that you can go before Him. So if you, if you are being lazy, emptying yourself, you cannot fully accept and receive His righteousness and have this confidence and have a right response to the Lord that you can go before Him always. Because you have to repent this, you have to repent that, you are keeping distracted and you have to confirm this and that no so the, the, the people who who kept emptying themselves have confirmation of the righteousness and they will always have this reverence and honor before this, this royal being and they will be rapid they will be quick And the people who have not yet confirmed their righteousness, they will, they will have a loss of time before they go before God. Of course, they can go through the repentance and go before God, but, but in between that gap of time, what, what kind of spirit will work? The spirit of guiltiness or spirit of whispering, spirit of gossip. or spirit of division, those kind of spirit will have a chance to deceive you if you do not accept the righteousness and receive the righteousness right away. But the ones who are receiving the righteousness instantly, they are not giving the chance to those kind of spirits. They will never be accused by the enemy. So, so as, as, as you empty yourself, this righteousness will be embodied to you. And this is the righteousness that, came, that comes from God. So always, legalism and acts will never give you the righteousness, but, but the gospel will give us life and it will build the holiness and the holiness will build the perfection and completion. And God is giving us, us um, uh, the worthiness and the dignity which builds a life. So, so when we say we, when we meditate on His Word, it's not remembering them with your own mind. But as you meditate on Him, He will make us to confess the same as He says. How important this confession is. So confessing here, It's not a simple confession of your own word, but having the same response with the Holy Spirit, reacting the same, responding the same with the Holy Spirit, and confessing what He says. So look at you. When you are... Look how much um, you can revive whenever you are in a slump, when you respond to the, to the Holy Spirit. So through that one, one confession, You have so many experiences of being alive, right? So that's how important that is. Verse 10. When does the pizza arrive? Is it almost the time? Okay, at 55. We need to finish this, right? So that we can enter into chapter 4 tomorrow. 
Anyways, let's look at verse 10. Um, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His suffering. So I abide in you and you abide in me. This tremendous uh, relationship of triumph God will be deepened in you. And because you are meeting Him in His righteousness, But, but Paul is beginning to talk, talk about his practical experiences of the righteousness. He receiving his righteousness, having a relationship with the Triumph God, and what is uh, practically happening within him. So, to participate in his death, What does that mean? It means that he keeps experiencing him dying continuously. And this is the same story in Hebrews chapter 5. In Hebrews 5-7, when he was in his flesh, Um, let me look for that. During the day, uh, days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. So what is death here? This is not simply his conclusion on the cross, but But, but every single time uh, this sin is coming before him because Jesus was wearing the body of Sarks he had to fight against this he had to refuse so in order to refuse that he, he kneeled down before the Lord relying on the Holy Spirit continuously dying to himself so without, without dying to himself Jesus had a chance to commit sin so that's why Through these fervent cries and, and tears, he relied on, on the Holy Spirit. If, because if he committed a single sin, the whole salvation of the mankind will have been nullified at, at, at an instance. So these are the reasons why so, so Jesus being obedient to God did not just happen on the cross itself and, and for once and when we think, of, think about why did Jesus live so shortly on earth it's because, because it was impossible for him to live that long with all those burdens and pressure on his shoulder for all the salvation of the mankind Kind, because he had the limitation with this body of sarks. So, so why are the pastors uh, being oppressed, be, receiving pressure? Because you have many, <laughs> many. Um, Huh? Uh, many bills no because because if a pastor opens the gate of a sin then 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 they are uh, uh, all my church members would also um, will be open for the sin pastors must be pressured for this so so imagine the pressure that Jesus was having on his shoulder so pastors pressure is the same if you open the gates of the world Before you, all the community will be opened uh, for the world. And spiritually, it, it, truly, it is truly applied to, to your church. If the community is being uh, vulnerable to a certain spirit, um, the, the source probably came from the pastor. So you need to have that kind of spiritual pressure on you. 
So never. That's why I always say pastor ministry is not, not a job, not for your living. <laughs> so from tonight, are you guys going to give it up? So ultimately, we cannot pass our ministry, minister by our own strength, right? If we just realize this one simple fact, you cannot live without the Holy Spirit for a second. Okay, so Paul, how did he empty himself? By imitating, by participating on his death. And as a conclusion, what did he realize? He, he became to know him, became to know Jesus. He came to know this royal authority. The more you empty yourself, you will have the authority. And, and he, he know the power of resurrection. So in, in whatever circumstances and, and suffering and tribulation, Paul will never be oppressed or he will never die. In, in Book of Acts, in Iconium, in Iconium, um, he, he nearly was stoned to death and and he came back to Iconium once again. How was he how was this possible? Because he understood the power of resurrection. So why do you despair? Because you don't understand the power of resurrection. Because you failed on keep living the life of emptying yourself. So no matter what situation comes after him, uh, Paul was uh, confessing that I will I will not die for this. So we will never we will never die out of disease. Children of God will never never die because of disease. The decision of of um, children of God's death is only on Christ, only on the Lord. Even though I have disease, I have confirmation, I have assurance that I will not die out of this disease because I have power of resurrection. And what else does the Paul know? He knows the per participation of participation in his suffering. So what is his suffering? What Paul is saying as he's suffering is emptying himself. Where does it appear in Romans chapter 8? What does he say? In Romans chapter 8, let's turn to Romans chapter 8. So being stoned and being persecuted? No. What Paul is saying as a persecution and suffering, Romans chapter 8, verse 17, maybe. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So why? Verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not words comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So for the glory itself, all emptying himself, all the fleshly emptying in this process, 
is suffering for, for Paul. So through, through the relationship, through the suffering, Paul is entering into the deeper relationship. Now Paul is entering into the relationship that he can uh, share everything without the secret with the Lord. So, so as you keep emptying yourself and keep breaking through it to enter into the glory, those people will never consider the lack of money as a suffering. They will never consider hunger as suffering. The true, the true pain, the, the true pain is being unable to enter into the glory. So even Moses who lived in the Old Testament era, whenever he faced his limitation, whenever he encountered his limitation, he requested to the, to the Lord, Lord, show me your glory. It's okay for me to die today. Show me your glory. Even Moses in the Old Testament, he said this. So the pain of being unable to enter into the glory, that's super painful. And being unable to enter into the freedom of glory, that's so painful that all creation and the sons of God are, are, are um, grieving because of that. Not because of your rent or because of your bills, no. <laughs> Why did you do a play like that so that I would make <laughs> illustration like that? <laughs> so look, in verse 11, how did he, uh, how did he revive? He revived. He was resurrected in the most glorious resurrection. Paul is saying that I will meet him in the most glorious resurrection. So, so if we do not continue to empty ourselves like this, we will begin to lose the desire for resurrection or the glory of resurrection. You need to always confess that, Lord, I desire to be the most glorious resurrected man. Maybe sometimes it will be more convenient for us to just die before the second coming of the Lord. But, but the most glorious glory for the remnants is, is witnessing His second coming um, without dying. And, and look at yourself. In, in, what, in what percentage is Holy Spirit working in you? And human beings, they, they use their brain function less than 5% of his brain. And the, the person who used the most capacity of his brain was probably Albert Einstein who used around 13% maybe. But it's the same with the Spirit, same with the Holy Spirit. The more you die to yourself, you need to examine how much Holy Spirit is working in you. So Acts is a book which recorded the people who lived um, relying on the Holy Spirit. Look at, look at Deacon Philip. Because he relied completely on the Holy Spirit, he was able to be transported in a place to another in a blink of an eye. That's why you can be moved from a place to another when, when you are relying on the Holy Spirit 100%. So for some people, for example, for just, just like a cartoon or an animation, 
whether this this per- perfect body will will come out from me or whatever. I don't know how it'll happen, but but that event will be so tremendous that that Paul, what Paul is saying, that I wish not to die and to witness that that event. So, so ultimately you will have that resurrected body so verse 12 Paul is keep saying this process of emptying himself so Paul is also saying how to empty himself He's saying, not that I have already obtained all this, but have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So what does this mean? So this process of emptying himself and entering into the glory is like this. You are keep keep grabbing something, but you're letting it go. Keep, keep achieving something, but giving it up. So continuously running toward the goal. So keep running is not related to your action, but this is characteristic of Yahweh God. He is continuously working as a life, keep moving in me without being stopped. And I I describe this in the book of Ecclesiastes. What is God's Kairos hour? Is God keep renewing me to the perfection until His 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 glorification? But the people who are living in this physical time is like a squirrel running on a wheel, keep being continued in the same life. That's because you are not living by the flesh. But if you are living by the the Spirit, what kind of rule are you under? You are keep building the new work. Keep running toward the goal. So it is only kingdom of God which is making the new work. The, the history of men, they are nothing new on this under the sun. But when you are living by the kingdom of God, it means that you are keep keep going toward this new uh, newness in toward the goal. That's what Paul is saying. Not that I already have attained all this or have already arrived at my goal. This is the image of the people who are living by the Spirit, who are keep emptying themselves. That's why I say that we are, we are being changed continuously. And I've been living with the Lord 35 years, but I have been changing every single moment. So if you are not being changed, it means that you are living in a physical time and you are living by your flesh. So what Paul is confessing, even though my fleshly, uh, my um, outer outer man, this this outer man is fading away, but my by my inner man, the the new self is keeping renewed. So. So verse 13, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold on it. But one thing I do, forgetting what what is behind and um, straining toward what is ahead. So what is the evidence of fullness of the Holy Spirit? You forget. You do not meditate on your own status. You maintain the spiritual status going toward the goal. So you forget about your past status. So that's why you do not become heavy. That's why you not you do not become burdensome. 
You continue to let go, continue to let go and throw them behind. You will know that when you are being filled with the Holy Spirit. I told you this in the Beatitude. Blessed are the ones who are, are poor in heart, and they will have the fullness, fullness of the Holy Spirit. And those who are filled with, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, they will have the um, contrite heart. So forgetting, the word forget is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's say you are, you are hurt by someone and you are not forgetting about it for 20 years, then you will never be emptied. Let's say you offer a lot of money for once and you will boast about it for 20 years, then you will never be emptied. So you should always throw them behind. And, and I, am, I, am having, I am having many associate pastors in my church, but there's no other person than me who, are, who have been stabbed by my, my assistant uh, associate pastors. And if, if I have considered them as my hurts, then I could not accept another people. I cannot, I cannot embrace others. <laughs> how, can I, how can I do that? I would just judge the people by their looks. He looks like a betrayer. But because I, I lived by the Spirit, I forgot about them. That's the evidence of living by the Holy Spirit and emptying oneself. So those who are keep meditating on the past and meditating on the present, it means that they are, they are not being filled by the Spirit. So the characteristic of the Spirit is being... being Uh, forgetting. So I was always rich, but, but not because I was actually rich for the most time, but because, but because I forgot about all those, uh, all, all those um, days of lack. Because I forgot about them. Because I, that's why I, I remember that. I only remember that I was rich. This is the evidence of living by the Spirit, forgetting. Not to try to forget, but if you if you live by the Holy Spirit and if you empty yourself, then you will you will naturally forget. And if there is any of you who are still considering me considering me as a uncomfortable being, then you should you should let go of them. Pastor Yang Shinung, you are still considering me uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, even I am remembering because I, not because I got hurt, because I gave him the hurt. But anyways. Mm. So when we are living in Christ, we should always be able to go toward the goal. Why? Because we are light. We are living in the Kairos time. But if you do not let go of this, if you do not empty yourself, and if you stay, if you remain in the past, and if you stay and remain in your present, uh, present pain, you cannot do that. You need to continue to leave them behind, throw them behind and continue toward the goal. So, so because he was living a life like this, what was Paul's confession in the second Timothy? Now I have finished my race. This confession did not come out of nowhere. You cannot confess like this even though you have not uh, emptied yourself. 
But because Paul was, Paul lived a life emptying himself continuously within his life, he's finally seeing he, his goal. I always tell you, at the end of your life, if you enter into the kingdom of God painfully, then that's a problem. But you should be able to um, jump into the kingdom of God very lightly. Because, because it will be so painful for you to get rid of all your problems and solve all your issues at the end of your life. It will be painful. So, verse uh, 15, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. So this is humility of Paul. That too, God will make clear to you. Paul is saying, okay, if you think differently, then I bless that God will um, reveal this to you too. Because this was a process that the, all the early church members had gone through. Verse 16, only let us live up to what we have already attained. No matter where that goal is, but he's keep um, encouraging them to follow that goal. To, to pursue that goal. So living by God, living by Holy Spirit. What does it mean fundamentally? It means uh, it has the power to make everything, uh, it has the power to draw everything to the present. It does not mean that you are remaining to the present, but you are being ready to, to run the race to pursue that goal always. Holy Spirit will maintain that person to remain the status of emptying himself and throwing everything behind him. So if you're living by the Holy Spirit, if you are living by the Holy Spirit, you will, you can never stand a status of yourself um, accumulating or storing anything in you. So, I mean, to me, it's the same. If I had a quarrel, if I had a fight with my wife, I cannot let the status stay in me more than, more than one day. I cannot stay. I cannot stand that. This is a strength um, that Holy Spirit gives me to throw them behind. But those people who are not living like that, I mean, you can stand that. You can, you can hold on to that. And I always tell my young adults, our, our young adults, how can you, how can you have a woman or a man in your heart for, for many years and, and wrestle with that and struggle with that? So our pastors, it's the same. If you live by the Holy Spirit, you cannot, you cannot carry all those burdens on your shoulder and keep doing this pastor ministry. So the first responsibility of you is to live and have relationship with God. That's why He created you. He created you to have relationship with you. He did not create you to become a worker of a pastor ministry. So the pastor ministry, the word itself means the work. So He did not create us to work, no. So you always have to be light in order to meet Him, to be the being who can have a relationship with Him. And He's just using you to be a channel of His work. So now, do you know the secret? Tonight, I bless that this, this message of Philippians chapter 3 will be embodied in you. 
So continue to meditate on this word. Listening to, uh, keep listening to my sermon. Because this is not a simple, this, is, this was not a limited uh, spirituality of Paul. Why? Because within this um, dynamic relationship between Triumph God, Holy Spirit will make you to go through this process too. He will make you to empty yourself. And, and when finally, when you become a light spirit which emptied yourself, He will let you always throw away all um, the things to the past and He will let you run toward the goal. My beloved uh, servants of the of the ministry, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to be filled with the fullness of, of the Father. Do we have pizza now? No? Not yet? I thought the pizza, pizza was here so that I, I hurried up. Of course, we have to pray. Okay, let's pray. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues.